The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can be opening it to 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1, as a Long time and faithful Red Sox fan, Uh, yes, it is appropriate to say go Astros, so uh, I was uh, very happy to see them make it, that's that's good. Uh, We're involved in a series uh, looking at the book of 1 Samuel, some very uh, interesting stories, some stories that I believe can shape our lives, and so uh, we're going to be studying this on Sunday morning. I hope, though, that you will go home and you will read the book of Samuel yourself. I mean, we need uh, the teaching that we receive here on Sunday morning in our Bible classes on Wednesday night. But we also need that, that personal time where we go home and, and sit with our Bible by ourselves and we kind of pour over these stories. And this morning we're going to look at the end of 1 Samuel chapter 1. So I'll begin by reading the text, beginning in verse 21. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him, only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. You know, I think this is one of the most fascinating stories that we have in Scripture. We we noticed last week how uh, the book of Samuel opens with a dilemma. Hannah is barren. She's unable to have children. And the one thing that she desperately wants is a child, but she cannot have that. And so she takes this burden to God in prayer. And we learn that God hears her prayer and that he has compassion on Hannah and that he answers her prayer. And so she has this baby a boy that she names Samuel. Have you ever received something that you've desperately longed for? You know, when we want something really, really bad, it kind of consumes our life. And we spend lots of time thinking about it. And we might imagine what it would be like to have this one thing that we long for. When we talk to others, it usually comes up in conversation because We're very passionate about it. And when we finally receive it, we do all we can to take care of it. And we go to great lengths just to protect it. 
Imagine getting the car that you've always longed for. And once you got that car, what do you do? You, you keep it in the garage. And you make sure that it's always clean. And you only drive it on special occasions. And you want to show it off to people, especially your friends. And the last thing you would want to do is to sell it or to give it away. And that's just the way we are. When we get what we really want, we cling to it, we hold it tight, we don't want to let it go, and sometimes we even obsess over it. It might become part of our identity. You know, he's the guy with the awesome car. He's the one with the the cool gun collection. She's the one with the beautiful house. And we find meaning in things, and our life begins to evolve around these things that we have acquired. Now think about Hannah. She wanted a child so bad that that she was grieved, that, that she stopped eating. She was so upset. She was heartbroken. And after going before God and and pouring out her heart before him, she is given a child. And she receives the very thing that she always wanted. And some might say, well, her life is complete now. But for Hannah, this wasn't the end of something. It's not as if she saw this as her goal and she's reached her goal and now all is well. She views this as the beginning of something. The beginning of something new. And she doesn't make it all about herself and her happiness. Hannah acknowledges that this would have been impossible without God. It is a miracle. God has brought forth life where there was none. And so the first thing she does is she praises God for what he has done. And what happens next is truly incredible. You know, sometimes we come to better understand stories in the Bible as we grow older and we gain certain life experiences. That's why we need to continue to study the Bible and read the Bible because, you know, we may see something now that we didn't see 10 or 15 years ago. And I think this is one of those stories. You know, when you are a kid and you hear this story, it seems kind of exciting Samuel gets to leave home and stay at the tabernacle. He gets to go to this important place where important things happen, and he gets to hang out with important people. And that sounds pretty exciting. But if you're a parent, you see this story through a different lens. And it's not an exciting adventure, it's an incredible sacrifice. Imagine handing over your first and only child when they are three or four years old. You know, there are some amazing stories of sacrifice in the Bible. There's the, you know, the widow who gave the two mites, and there's Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain, and there's the disciples who left their jobs and their families to go and to follow Jesus And these are amazing stories where where, where people laid down their wants and and their desires and the things that they have to give back to God. And I think that the story of Hannah and Samuel is one of the, the greatest sacrifices that we read about in the Bible. 
Uh, and a person doesn't just make a sacrifice like this all of a sudden. It doesn't just happen one day. It takes years of prayer, study, and devotion. And so Hannah had conditioned herself for this moment by living a faithful life dedicated to God. She had spent time in prayer. She had devoted herself to meditating on God's Word. She knew what God's Word was. She had practiced probably being generous with all she had, and she truly lived out God's will in her life. And there are many passages in the Bible that could have shaped Hannah to make such a sacrifice. Uh, perhaps she meditated on a passage from the law, one like Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18, which states, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. And the principle in this command can radically alter our outlook on life. You know, we tend to think that we are responsible for all the good in our life. You know, we, we pat ourselves on the back because we've worked hard, we've made good decisions, we've done whatever. And when we see ourselves as the sole cause of all things we possess, then we're less likely to let go of them. We do the opposite. We cling to them. We would rather build more barns than be generous with what we have because after all, we worked for it. We earned it. It's ours. But this passage in Deuteronomy, it forces us to look at things from a different perspective. It reminds us that what we have is not our own. Even if we worked hard for it, and many people do, we must never forget that God gave us the ability to work hard in the first place. And that it's God who has blessed us with all the good things in our life. If you are intelligent, God gave you that intelligence. If you have a particular skill, it's only because God gave you that skill. And whatever you're good at, it comes from God. And we need to acknowledge this and thank the Lord for all that he's done in our life. And there's another principle that goes along with this. It's found in Psalm 24 and verse 1. And the psalmist writes, The earth is the Lord's, and all that fills it, the world, and those who dwell therein. And so basically everything belongs to God. Now, uh, God puts us in charge of certain things, and he lets us take care of it. But God is the owner of everything there is in the universe. Your money, your land, your possessions, they're all God's. Now, we are stewards of all these things. And this means that we're held accountable for what we do with them. But we must use them to do good and to bring glory to God. These principles are the foundation that allowed Hannah to do what she did. She had been given a great gift. In her eyes, 
It was the greatest gift. But at the same time, she recognized that all things belong to God. And so she in turn blessed God by giving Samuel back to him. And she, dedicate, she dedicated him to the Lord. And she made sure that, that his life was going to be a life of service to God. Hannah made certain the, the cycle of, of giving and receiving continued on, and it didn't stop with her. You know, there, there are different cycles in the world. Um, some are good and some are bad. And one of the things that we do as Christians is we seek to end the bad cycles and continue or perpetuate the good cycles. Uh, One of the most well-known negative cycles is the cycle of violence. And so if you throw a rock at me, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick pick up a bigger rock and throw it back at you. And what happens next? Well, that person, they're going to pick up an even bigger rock and throw it back at me. And it's a cycle of violence. And it keeps going and going and going, and it continues to escalate until something really, really bad happens. And when we see this happen in families, it happens in neighborhoods, it even happens among nations. But Jesus comes along, and he gives us the tools to stop this cycle. He commands us to turn the other cheek. He commands us to love our enemy. He makes forgiveness central to his message. And so if we love our enemy rather than retaliate, then the cycle stops. It does not go on. Hannah and God, they're involved in this good cycle. And it's a cycle of of good uh, giving and receiving. And so Hannah receives a gift from God, and she in turn gives something back to God. And this is the the kind of cycle that we want to encourage. We want to participate in, in cycles that are going to bless the people around us. And whether we realize it or not, we are already involved in this cycle because God has blessed us with numerous blessings. He has given us more than we can ever give back. And because of this, we need to look for opportunities to give to God and to give to others. And this can be something big or it can be something small. But we need to be looking around us for ways that, that we can give back wherever it is that, that we go. And we do this not for ourselves. We do it to bring glory to God. And because this is a cycle that we want to see continued, we must be good at both receiving and giving. That is, we must participate in both receiving and giving. If we are a good giver, but not a good receiver, then the cycle ends, and vice versa. And I know this sounds strange because uh, most of us like receiving things. You know, we like getting gifts. We like uh, getting compliments. We get excited when uh, a package arrives in the mail. But there are some people who are not good receivers. And, and this usually occurs when someone is really in need. You know, they may like getting a present, but they may not be eager about accepting something that they desperately need. It's okay to receive gifts. 
And if you struggle with this, then remember that receiving is just part of the cycle. You might be receiving something at this moment, but this is going to make it possible for you to give back later. The story of Hannah is an extraordinary one. But it's not a story that is beyond us. The Bible doesn't work that way. Everything in the Bible has been given to us so that we might imitate these good examples that we read about. Hannah's sacrifice should encourage us to make sacrifices in our own life. And a sacrifice costs us something. We feel it because it does not come from a surplus. In fact, it causes us to alter our life in some way. You give up your vacation time so you can go on a mission trip. You know, you hold off on buying that brand new 60-inch TV so you can help out the orphan's home. You volunteer to teach a Bible class and spend your evenings studying and preparing for that class rather than watching your favorite TV show. And these are all sacrifices that we can make. Uh, sacrifice is what we are called to do as Christians. And if you're struggling with this, then consider what Hannah did. Consider how she gave her son to the Lord. Um, Go to the New Testament. Consider Jesus. Consider the pain that he suffered so that we might have the freedom that we enjoy now. And these examples and many others should encourage us to go out and to do the same and to live like these faithful people we read about in Scripture. In Romans 14, verses 7 through 8, Paul writes, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die... We die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I think something like this should be our motto. And it should remind us of our purpose. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. And so what are you doing for the Lord? What what kind of sacrifices are you making in your life? How are you giving to God and how are you giving to others? And if you need to start, again, you don't have to start big. You can start with something small. But these are the questions that we need to be contemplating. These are the things that we need to be praying about. And these are the things that we need to put into practice in our lives. We want to be like Hannah who received an amazing gift and was able to give that gift to the Lord so that her son would continue to bless many, many others. And as we continue to read in Samuel, we'll we'll see how this all works out. Her gift brought glory and honor to God. And may we seek to do the same. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for all the gifts that you've given us. 
we know that, that every good and wonderful thing that we experience in our life comes from you. And we want to acknowledge that this morning and to thank you as the giver of all gifts. Father, we pray that this cycle of giving and receiving will not stop with us. Help us to be generous with our money and with our time and with our energy. Help us to give back to you and to give back to others. And may all people know that, that we do this in your name. We do this so that you will be glorified. We're so thankful for Jesus who lived an entire life of sacrifice from the moment that he left heaven to come to earth to the moment he died upon the cross. He was always about helping others. And we pray this in his name. Amen.